You're listening to the Photo Up Podcast, where we're covering photography, marketing, and business from all sides of the industry. I'm your host, New York wedding photographer, marketer, and resident sleepy person, Megan Brookelman. Welcome back to the Photo Up Podcast. Today, we're joined by Patrick Hulse, co-founder and CEO of Optics AI Photo Culling Software. And for listeners, we've got a special code for you at the end of the episode and in the show notes for this amazing program. So welcome, Patrick. Yeah, thanks for having me. Very excited to be a part of this. Thank you for being here. So tell us about you. Are you a photographer? or How did you end up getting involved in this photography tech world? Yeah, so I'm a hybrid photographer, software engineer. I've been really passionate about photography all the way back going to high school. But I was also a big math and computer nerd. And so the first time I picked up a friend's DSLR, like something just clicked. And that helped me discover a really creative side. So I've kind of been a dual computer guy photographer since then. And what kind of stuff do you like to shoot? So I really developed a passion for event photography when I was shooting for a newspaper in college. It was like the perfect blend of being social, but not having to make a lot of small talk, right? I got to participate in a lot of events and activities that I probably wouldn't have otherwise gone out to do. And the press access was like a blast, right? Like protests and politician speeches and sporting events and things like that was just a a lot of fun. So these days I try and do a little bit of event photography for like nonprofits or family events and things like that. And then, you know, my primary job building software. I love that. And as someone who is like relatively introverted, you know, depending on the day, I feel that about loving events because... As a wedding photographer, we get, you know, invited, so to speak, to so many events, but we have like this wall almost of having a camera on us. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I totally see how your experience in events and things like that would lead to you making a culling software. So let's let's talk about optics. What what is the the app for those who don't know? Yeah, so Optics is an AI culling assistant. Basically, it picks the best shots for you automatically. So you get to spend all of your creative energy making the photos yours, going out and shooting, and not spending it drained going through and looking at 20 copies of the same photo, right? So instead of going straight to Lightroom or Luminar, import your photos into Optics on a desktop first, drag a slider or two, click a button, and you've got all your photos grouped by similarity and automatically rated with the metadata of your choosing, whether that be colors or stars or however you like to organize your shoots. So let's talk about the creation. How did you end up creating optics? Take us through the process. Yeah, so you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I came up with the idea originally when I was shooting for the newspaper and doing all these events. And I loved going out for a shoot. I loved putting my artistic style and editing after I got it, but I just dreaded the culling process, right? I would come back with like a thousand and, you know, they're all in a single room for some of these like political events or, you know, a talk at a school. And they're like 80% similar. And I couldn't remember in the moment, right? If I got like, well, do I have one with the senator and this important person? Or, you know, I'll just, I'll get an extra like 20 just to be safe. And then I have to go back and I have to pick, you know, it's like a perfectionist like worst nightmare. You have 40 copies of this same rough photograph and you're like, which one's the (laughs) sharpest? Which one, like, are they smiling the most? And it was just really creatively draining to me. And I hated that I like didn't want to go out and do a shoot because I had to call it. And so that's when I first got the idea. And, you know, I just kind of had that in the back of my head as I was going through different software jobs and uh, computer vision is this whole field. 
about kind of understanding a photograph using software. So years later, when I actually got uh, the opportunity after I'd been through Silicon Valley a little bit and I had a little more experience, I had an opportunity to kind of go off and, and do my own thing. And that's when I started Optics back in 2018 to start working on this dream that I had, you know, all those, all those years ago. I love it. And the reason I love this software as well is because we have been shooting so many weddings and so many events and even like these micro weddings that all take place in one, one spot. And when you end up shooting like 40 weddings a year, the advice you typically hear is like hire an editor. But for people who are a little more into having like a lot of control like me, like I'm, I'm a little bit controlling over my work. Having something like this has been a total game changer for me. Can you walk through the workflow that photographers would use the app for? Absolutely. So you'll import your photos into, into Optics either directly from the SD card or you can copy them to your local disk first. And Optics will import all these photos and begin doing analysis. So you're going to get instant previews right away. So you can hop in and manually call as soon as Optics starts importing. It's not going to a long, slow preview process like you might be familiar with with Lightroom. You get the previews pretty snappily. And you can immediately start rating if you want to go through and call manually. If you want the kind of AI assistance magic, which I'll, I'll get to in a second, in the background, Optics is going to be doing a ton of analysis, right? It's going to be looking for all the faces in the image. It's going to be seeing whether their eyes are open. It's going to be trying to determine what expression they have, how sharp they are, whether they're in focus, which is a whole other topic I would love to talk about separately. The, the focus issue has been fascinating. But what, once you get all this information, then you get a, a couple different automatic tools. So one of my personal favorites, Auto Group, it's going to automatically group all the similar shots. So that problem earlier of you know, taking 40 photos of the same two people, you're going to get all of those distilled to a single group and then you can, if there's an important group, you can go through manually and pick an individual one. But the really killer feature of Optics is auto call, which is one button, automatically pick the best shot of every single group that you found. So we're not in the business of trying to tell you, well, we think this artistic style of this group is better than this other unrelated photograph. We're really trying to help you, the photographer, just get the best of every single type of shot that you took. And then you have the creative control back to do whatever you like. For each of those. One of my favorite aspects, actually, you mentioned is the grouping feature because that is so helpful, especially for, for family photos or even for smaller things like engagements and proposal photos, because you end up seeing the same thing over and over, even if it's at different locations. So let's talk about that. What does the grouping feature do? Right. So grouping identifies content similarity, right? So if you're moving, say, through an engagement shoot, right, and you kind of move from one set of poses to another set of poses, maybe you have a different framing, it's going to take a look at all that and kind of group similar frames. And you have a, a lot of control over how you decide to group. So you kind of get one generic slider to say, well, I want photos that are almost identical to be grouped together. So if you want to have really small, tight groups and say, you know, for, this is especially useful for portraits, right? If you want every single different pose you had to be treated differently, you can have very narrow groups. Or you can say, hey, I want the same general type of shot to be grouped together. And then you might get groups of, of much larger sizes and you can drag the slider all the way to the left. There's also ability to automatically group the different exposure bracketing. So if you're shooting exposure brackets either for safety or for doing some sort of uh, higher dynamic range photography, uh, you can automatically group those and based on time. So if you just, you know, we're holding down the shutter an event, you want to automatically group 
a ton of shots that were taken in sequence, you can also uh, use Autogroup to do that as well. And you had mentioned something about the focus issue with the AI. Can you talk about <laughs> can you talk about yes. this part of it? Absolutely. So um, this is this has been a fascinating journey for me personally, just to learn the different types and seeing getting to talk to a ton of different photographers about what they consider to be in focus. We had uh, kind of a lot of struggles early on, to be honest, labeling focus uh, that matched photographers' expectations. And once I started getting a lot of samples and, and you know talking to photographers about their style, it's really fascinating the intentional use of you know out of focus pieces of the face or you know intentional out of focus pieces. You know maybe you, you wanted like just one eye to be in focus and have a, like a really shallow depth of field where it looks you know really intense. And that's uh, you know. A great, interesting style that I appreciate the, the photographs that that they take like that. It, it's definitely unique and, and interesting. But being able to automatically determine what's in focus has definitely been an interesting piece of this puzzle. So, all in all, I, I think we've made a, a lot of great strides there. And there's now quite, quite a few sliders in you know kind of pre- preferences and when you're doing auto group to be able to have a little more creative control again over what you know how sharp does the whole face need to be before you consider it uh, in focus. Yeah, I found the focus, like, I found the AI looking for focus really interesting because I do a lot of stuff with confetti and bubbles and things that are, like, in the air all over the place. And for the most part, it's been pretty successful, but there are definitely some moments where it's like, oh, it thinks the confetti is people, which is totally, I totally get it. It's a computer looking at the objective focus, you know? But I I have spoken to some photographers and they have felt nervous about the idea of trusting their photo calling with AI. So how would you quell the fears for photographers who are hesitant to give this a shot? Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's a whole section of of, of concerns that we hear about kind of dangers of of AI taking over these. Uh, One of the common fears I hear is people are worried that all photos are going to start looking the same and that, you know, we're going to have a monolithic photo culture. And uh, that's kind of why, you know, Optics has is, is leaned in, especially to making sure that the photographer still has ultimate control over how this process works. You might see some other options out there, especially in the consumer realm. I think, uh, you know, like Google Photos had this feature for a while where it would automatically pick like your best shots. But there was absolutely no control, right? You didn't get to put, have any input into that process. And while it was like an exciting concept to me, you know, it, it didn't really live up to all like what I wanted control over as a photographer. And so we've certainly been careful at Optics to try and avoid any sort of style preference and uh, leave it up to the photographer with creative control. After all, it it is art at the end of the day and quite subjective. And there's always going to be aspects that are exciting and personal for everyone. And that's why we, we try and provide all the underlying data that we're actually using to make these decisions and make those available to you. So for example, if you're not interested and getting the full automatic calling experience, the grouping feature already is a, a huge improvement, at least for me personally, when I'm calling, to be able to have all the similar shots grouped together. So even if I want to manually go through, it's still a huge speed up in that way. There's also individual labels for the objective attributes that we saw. So for example, one common uh, situation that we come up is, you know, well, I was you know intentionally having the eyes closed on this particular shot, and I didn't want you know any sort of calling to remove the eyes closed shot. So one feature we have is you can get a, a label, right? That says, hey, this this had the best faces or this had the happiest faces. And you can apply your own custom labels to those and use those as a guide. So even if uh, optics is only kind of a first step 
in your culling process and you enjoy the manual aspects and still getting to have that creative control, it's still a, a massive time saver in my experience to be able to have those kind of first level steps already taken care of, right? It, it doesn't necessarily need to automatically rate the photo for you if you just want to use the focus labels themselves. So it's looking for faces as well. You said like there's a happiest faces feature. Let's talk more about that. Yes. So a, a huge focus of, of optics uh, is around facial expressions, open uh, eyes, blinking shots, uh, pleasant facial expressions. And all, all of that gets combined into the auto call logic. So at its core, optics is trying to identify all the different faces uh, in a photograph and capture all this information about them and expose that to you to improve your process. So for example, we highlight any out of focus faces with a red box, right? So that even if you don't want to use the automatic feature that does it in one click, you can still go through and get a little red triangle, you know, highlighting the, the face that was out of focus. Separately, in addition to auto culling and being able to pick the best of each photograph, you can also get individual labels for different attributes of the faces. So happiest faces is going to try and get like the biggest smiles, you know, try and get rid of any of those shots where, you know, they're kind of adjusting their face, you know, after a, re resting their smiles of a, of a long day of shooting and being able to apply those labels separately so that you can say apply green to all the happiest faces and go back through and pick your, your favorites from that set. That makes sense. Now I can see the benefit of this for like a wedding photographer, event photographer, maybe even a sports photographer. Are there any types of photographers you think like this doesn't apply to, or do you think this is good for every kind of photographer? Our long-term vision is absolutely being able to help every type of photographer. The sweet spot, of course, right now is things with faces. It, it, it actually does sort of okay, actually, on animal faces as well, uh, I've, I've accidentally discovered. So wildlife photography also, also works fairly well. The, the sweet spot is anything where the quality of the photograph is definitely highly related to the face, but I actually personally use it quite a bit on landscape as well. Obviously there, the, the more interesting which is a better photograph is a little more subjective between different groups, but the grouping and then the automatic sharpness detection has been really helpful in speeding up even, even workflows that doesn't have any sort of people in them at all. So we definitely think it's, it's widely applicable and uh, we're, we're excited to continue iterating on all the, you know, domain-specific areas that uh, we can expand to. So photographers basically have the ability at this point to choose whether to trust the photos to the AI or just use the auto-grouping feature and call from there, or even just like call directly in the software because it's it's pretty fast with those previews, right? Absolutely. We are very proud of our uh, lightning-fast previews. One of my favorite things to do, talking to a photographer the first time, after you import into Optics, click the first photo and just hold down the right key and just watch the flicker of all the JPEG previews go through. And you compare it to Lightroom and it's just a world away. So that in and of itself to me is a, a huge, a huge benefit of, of optics. I mean, I shamefully did use to call in Lightroom, which for anyone listening, if you're still calling in Lightroom, the previews are very slow and it will speed up your workflow to use something like optics or similar similar software. But I, I definitely am impressed with how much time I have saved. I used to turn engagement shoots around in a week and now I can turn them around in a day. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. We love it. So is Optics, speaking of Lightroom, is it compatible with other softwares like the Adobe Suite? Absolutely. We were 
thinking from the very beginning that Optics needs to be able to fit into however your workflow and what, however you like to edit. And so Optics writes all of its changes directly to the XMP metadata. So a sidecar if you're using shooting in RAW or directly to the JPEG if you're shooting in JPEG. Uh, and so that's going to be able to be read by Lightroom. You're going to see the exact same star ratings. You're going to see the exact same color labels that you would see if you were uh, culling in Lightroom itself. And you're also able to go back and forth as well. We do have an experimental Lightroom plugin that you can call directly from Lightroom. Uh, I, I will warn you though, the Lightroom plugin API there is a little finicky. So a lot of people still like, for all, all the new shoots, we still encourage folks to use the optics program itself because one of the benefits is you don't have to wait to import all those photos into Lightroom. So making sure you can keep that set as small as possible in optics is, is a great starting point. And then if you edit in Lightroom, but you started in Optics, can you just like migrate over the photos from Optics into Lightroom? Like just the selects? Yes, absolutely. So when you're working with your photos in Optics, you have all the same kind of filtering capabilities you might have in Lightroom. So you can filter down to, say, your three-star or above photos, select all of them in Optics, and drag them directly into Lightroom, and it'll prompt the same import flow that you're used to. Optics can also rearrange them on the file system for you. So I know a lot of photographers like to physically separate their selects on the disk. And Optics can do the same sort of filtering, select your photos, and move them to a new folder and, say, import them to whatever program you would normally use. And I feel like Optics overall is just such a well-kept secret that photographers might be missing out on. Do you have any fun plans for the future of the product or things you want to see down the line? Yes, absolutely. We, um, you know, COVID's been a really interesting time for, you know, photographers and especially, you know, catering to event photographers, especially, especially during this time has been really interesting. So we're, we're really excited to see the momentum coming into 2021. And we have a, a lot of good plans. In fact, actually, the uh, latter half of 2021, Apple's M1 uh, new MacBooks uh, actually offer a lot of exciting opportunity to really speed up even the analysis process. So kind of the, the, the downside of the analysis happening behind the scenes that can take a little bit of time, but even that is uh, you know, looking like it's going to be going away pretty soon. So all those are, are very exciting improvements hopefully we can bring uh, to Optics users. That's so exciting. And how much does Optics cost? So Optics is a, a one-time purchase of $99. We offer a unlimited uh, free tier. You can do, use it as long as you want to test it out. We just limit the shoots to 100 photos. So we hope that gives everyone time to, you know, test it in small batches, make sure, you know, if it's living up to their expectations. And, you know, hey, if you want to, you know, call all your photos, 100 photos at a time, you can just use it for free forever if you'd like. <laughs> I love it. And kind of moving into the future, how do you foresee the impact overall of AI on photography? I know you mentioned some people are like a little nervous about it, a little hesitant. Let's talk more about how you envision the landscape of the future. Yeah, it's not without its challenges, for sure. Um, but we're at a very exciting time for computer vision and the computational photography space. Since I've started Optics, you know, we, we've seen several type of assistants like this pop up. And, and honestly, it's, it's so exciting to see all of the activity here. Obviously, the validation for, you know, our my business is, is great, but I've been wanting to see this problem solved for, for so long. And with, with so much momentum, I'm, I'm really confident it will be both in the, in the culling space, in the editing space, and what you see you know, major players doing and indie players like us. 
anything that gives more time and energy and creativity back to the photographer is just a great thing. Why do you think bigger programs like Adobe aren't doing this already? Yeah, that's that's a great question. One of the earliest ones that that was announced that we have yet to see was, was actually Canon. So it seems like some big players are actually interested in making some waves in this space. One one challenge uh, that I think Adobe kind of faces with Lightroom is it the cloud push is definitely kind of challenging to you know square away with at least a lot of the photographers that I find optics very useful with the way that their workflow works and a lot of the cloud or rather a lot of the AI that their ability to offer is happening in the cloud, makes it very difficult to be able to run that locally on shoots, get quick turnaround times. No one wants to have to upload like a terabyte of raw photos to like call down to a smaller set of raw photos. And so that's kind of a major barrier to the way that they've approached the AI space. And I think that's why kind of indie players like Optics have been able to succeed a little better in trying to get, you know, kind of the the local on-device artificial intelligence off the ground. I love that. And why do you think someone would choose to hire an editor over, say, doing AI calling? And do you think that's going to shift in the longer-term scope of things? So I I think short-term, right? It's People haven't tried this out before, right? It's, It's a new concept. And I'm, I'm totally understandable of people's skepticism of AI until they've seen it work for themselves, right? So, you know, my, my one suggestion is, you know, try it out. Maybe the technology isn't up to your standards. If you're a true perfectionist that needs every single photo and every single group to work out exactly as it would, I would still try and sell you on the, the auto group functionality is still awesome. I'd encourage you to check it out, even if you don't trust the other AI pieces yet. But, you know, I, I think in the long term, things will transition and even if you don't use it for every single shoot, right? I, I always, I always know that you know when I use optics myself, right? After it auto calls something, I'll always go back and take a quick scan and say like, well, this particular photo group was like really important. Did it? Did it get that one right? And then there's a whole other category of you know, as long as it picked a good enough photo, I'm happy uh, and I, I can move on and, and rest assured that I'm not missing out on anything incredible. So I think you know, as that trust builds, as the technology and accuracy continues to get even better. I think we'll see that shift. And, you know, I hope uh, everyone who's along for the ride as an early adopter is, is happy with the, the, new, the new direction. It's been a really exciting trip so far for us. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's the way I've been using it as well. You know, I'm letting the auto call do its thing, seeing what it comes up with. And then since it loads so fast, I can literally scan through the photos like so quickly and see if I've missed anything important, which... Most of the time it has not. So I I am very impressed (laughs) with what I've seen. And for those who want to be impressed with what they see, where can our listeners find you? Absolutely. So uh, for our our website, www.optics.app, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those channels as well. Optics app. Check us out. And I believe we have a uh, code to share with you if we're good for that. Yes. Uh, so for listeners, use the code PHOTOOP20. It's in the show notes to get 20% off this awesome software. It's completely changed my editing process. Not sure if you can tell I'm a fan, but <laughs> it's uh, it's literally cut down my calling time by days. So I highly recommend you at least give the 100 photo call a try. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me on the PHOTOOP podcast, Patrick. This has been great. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's been wonderful. Thanks so much for tuning into the Photo Op Podcast. If you liked this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Also head on over to the Facebook community and participate in some conversation with fellow photographers. If you want to reach me directly, feel free to DM me at Megan Brookelman, which is linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in a flash.